Petula, Lotsam Teams, Kauhula Kovian Podcastin, Yosa Kaksi Parakatsa, Kaveria Keskut Silvat, Swasi Kiel Kuvistan, yeah, Vaheman Swasti Kilo Kuvistan, Tartusis Kelkan Silla. Se voi olla heman kuopainen. Ja launada. Sinun un parasta olla kilti. Jopa pianet. Paskiaiset. Sila jolopuksa. Selvia kuka on tuma. Tuma. Ja kuka mukav. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, Finland and the rest of the world uh, to Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcasting where we talk about horror movies um, and act like total dicks. Yeah. Uh, Josh, or as they say in Finland, Josh. Uh, well, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Um, how are you doing, <laughs> sir? Piparinen! <laughs> Dear I'm God. doing well. I'm doing well. I I'm I'm doing great. Did did you did so I know you translated all of that. Did you remember like which parts are like the really punchy words that, to emphasize or were you just going on sound? <laughs> I was mostly going on sound. I mean there's you know, I I definitely put the stress on yolopuksi. Yeah. Yolopuksi. Yolo and yeah. then I guess yolopuksi sa selvia kuka. On Tuma Yakuka Mukav. Yeah, Mukav. I'm going to finish hell. <laughs> there is a surprising amount of Ola in all of that. Yeah, I I went back and listened to the like, you know, had the the computer voice thing play it over, and it they say Ola, so I was like, okay, well, I can handle oh. Ola. Yeah, Ola. <laughs> Ola's uh, that end laws. <laughs> So, I mean, if you were to sum up what we're talking about <laughs> on this wonderful Christmas Eve, oh, oh what Christmas a lovely, Eve. what a lovely season. Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> what what would you say uh, we were talking about uh, on this episode? I don't know what I'm doing. It's good. We are for our 70 and 1th uh, episode. It is a little Finnish delight uh, from 2010, directed by Jalmari Helander, called yeah. Rare Exports. Oh, very nice. Oh, very yeah, nice. Yeah. Excrement. Woo! <laughs> uh, you might know Jelmari Helander as the director of the completely and utterly badass Sisu, uh, which yeah. is really fucking good. Um, it's about a Finnish guy who uh, kicks that. the shit, <laughs> kicks the shit out of a bunch of Nazis as they're trying to leave his region, and he's not going to let them leave without a fight, and it's fucking brilliant. That's awesome. It's so good. Other than that, I, you probably don't know anything that he's done. Yeah, probably just rare exports, really. Yeah, 
Yeah, he yeah. did a blockbuster called Big Game that I'm sure nobody saw. But Samuel Jackson and Ray Stevenson were in it. The actors in it were really good, um, but most of what they do is Finnish, so I wasn't super familiar with it. But I will say, the actor Rauno Juvonen, who plays P. Parinen, played Deagle in a 1993 four-and-a-half-hour-long TV miniseries called Hobbitit, which is a retelling of The Lord of the Rings from the perspective of the Hobbits. I have to see that, because that looks fucking amazing. It does look amazing. I saw that too. I, I, yeah, I'd never heard of it until this, of course. But uh, yeah, that's that looks really cool. I, I refer to that character, by the way, as Shades. So as we're oh, yeah. moving forward, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I am not saying be and every time or oh, I am know. going to drive it all the way into the ground. <laughs> uh, most of these guys are uh, we're in a. In a movie called Big Game, that was the one I mentioned with Samuel Jackson and Ray Stevenson. Yep. A couple of these folks were in a TV series called Priests of Evil, yeah. which uh, was, is kind of like a police procedural thriller action series that I'd never heard of. Um, <laughs> there was, yeah, you know, they're, 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 these guys are all veterans of like Finnish and I guess maybe some Scandin- other Scandinavian film and TV stuff. Um, the The only other project that I'd kind of heard of was the uh, the actor Per Christian Ellefson, who mm-hmm. plays Riley, uh, was in a 2000 comedy, 2001 comedy drama called Elling, which was nominated for an Oscar for, I believe, Best Foreign Film. Um, it's supposed to be good, never saw it. Also, he was in a TV series called Crypto Kings. Oh, yeah, that cannot be terrible. Yeah, I'm sure it's not about a bunch of guys with neckbeards on Reddit. Uh, So this movie was originally a silly little short film about three battle-hardened hunters out hunting for wild Santa Clauses. And um, and it was hilarious. And then uh, it picked up steam on the internet in the days of yore. And because of that popularity and the the online cult following, they ended up getting a full movie out of it. It's uh, I'm glad they did. It's a cool it's a cool little movie. It's it kind of has its own little quirky place or deserves its own little quirky place in you know in Christmas Christmas movies. I mean it's. Uh, it's definitely rewatchable. It's kind of, you know, it's fun. I mean, it's, I was going to, I mean, it kind of, like I'm torn between whether or not it would be a good movie for kids to see, because yeah. I think as a kid, some of it might be a little intense. Um, but at yeah. the same time, it's 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 kind of, you know, I mean, it ends really kind of cool. I mean, it, it might be good for kids. I don't know. Whatever. My kids would like it. It, it really depends on, like, how old your kid is and, and how much stomach they have for an army of flopping Santa pieces running right at them. Yeah, that's true. And, and gutted <laughs> pigs. Yeah, and gutted <laughs> pigs and dangling pig heads and, uh, yeah. 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 It's got kind of a, it, it, the style kind of reminded me of a, a Christmas story. Like it had that 40s kind of, or maybe 50s look to it, even though it was contemporary. It was just because these guys are, these characters are supposed to be Sammy, like the indigenous people so. or something. No, they're not Sammy, but they live in <laughs> Finland and they are simple people who rely heavily on a reindeer culling once a year 
and then they sell reindeer meat? So, I, 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 I don't know whether or not they're supposed to be Sammy, because he, whenever he's telling the story, he's like, oh yeah, it's something that the Sammy people did. Whenever yeah. he's telling it to his little shitty best friend. And right. so that makes it sound like they're not the Sammy, but they... S- I don't know. I ended up reading about it because I didn't know that reindeer husbandry was a huge deal. And apparently it's a huge deal. And really? it was traditionally a Sammy thing to do. But then now also there's just like regular Finnish people doing it. So so one of one of the big problems with this movie is that it's not really super for an American audience. There's yeah. a lot of in jokes and stuff that I feel like went right over my head. Uh, and I think that that's part of it. I think there's a little bit of like cultural commentary going mm-hmm, on in this sure. movie that I'm not totally privy to. Yeah, there's there's obviously, and I've seen this in a lot of like, uh, I watch a lot of Scandinavian noir TV series. And this kind, of, <laughs> this kind of international tension, particularly with the U.S. and, you know, a lot of the big business interests that are basically just exploiting that part of the world. For natural resources, that's kind of a, a subtext to a lot of these shows because it's obviously a big part of, you know, the way business is conducted and probably has a profound impact on people's day-to-day lives there, whether they want like it or not, you know. So I, yeah. there's definitely some social or, you know, some political commentary going on there that, that I mean, that's about as deep as I'm going to be able to get into it without, you know, completely studying about it. So you're right. I mean, a, a lot of it's going to go over an American audience's head. Uh, the average American audience would never watch this movie anyway. Uh, but that's not who you are, fans, right? Fans! <laughs> oh, good <okay>. job! <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we do have listeners all the fuck over the world, which is really fucking cool, and thank you for listening. Especially today, our fans from Finland and thine uh, reindeer-calling neighbor states. And uh, we get, uh, I get a weekly email update to uh, to check my vanity and see if anyone anywhere <laughs> is listening to the show. And apparently, the the last update we were number forty in Australian film reviews. So hell yes, <laughs> that uh, is you know in the scheme of things nothing. But uh, I thought it was pretty cool that that you know there's a lot of film review podcasts out there, and the fact that anybody listens to it at all is pretty exciting for me. I don't know. I mean, if you have to have a uh, a white English speaking nation <laughs> think that your podcast is the cool one, I mean, Australia's up there in the in the top of the like cool ones to get. Right. <laughs> I think I think we provide content. We do not provide uh, high production values and gloss. Uh, no. So. We're the kind of podcast that people stumble across, or maybe a word of mouth kind of thing. And we probably tend to cater to a niche audience. And so we have the cards stacked against us. Plus, we're two white guys. So. Yeah. The, <laughs> it's really hard for two white guys out there right now. It's not hard. There's just so many of us that the, uh, the, uh, the pool has been thinned. Yeah. Yeah. You you can really blend into a crowd of white guys and if you see a crowd of white guys you should probably run away. You should probably run away um for sure. But you know, I think we're going to we're really going to hit it strong next year because 
Well, you know, our first episode next year, we're going to have Joe Rogan as a guest. And then oh, after that, no, we're not. That's I yeah. hate that douche. <laughs> Joe, Joe Rogan's going to come on the show and he's going to smoke a joint of Elon Musk's pubes on the show. <laughs> and then Elon Musk is going to sell his hair implants uh, to help us raise money to, uh, I don't know. What, what, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a moron. Yeah. Yeah, fuck Elon Musk. Okay. Fuck Elon <clears throat> Musk. So this movie, along with Scent, started off the movement of Krampus, an anti-Christmas... Of Krampus and the anti-Christmas movies of the 20 teens. That became like a big deal thing, and then everyone yeah. got sick of because it, they really did too much of it. They did too much of it, and for the most part, they all sucked. Um, yeah. It, they really took a cool idea and didn't have any fucking clue what to do with it, which is unfortunate. Yeah, they were like, they they all need to be comedy or terribly produced or super low yeah. budget. We couldn't just get one that was actually horrific, non-comedic, high budget. Like, it just, it wasn't in the cards for Krampus. I mean, you know, the costumes that people wear in, you know, like, say, the Austrian Krampus parades and stuff are fucking terrifying. So yes. why do, why do you have to go out and you know pay some guy twelve bucks to make the shittiest fucking digital you know <laughs> CGI garbage that you know it just it's like wow okay <laughs> this looks so fucking yeah. fake and shitty and just takes all the you know there were there is no steam but any chance of this movie like hitting is just gone yeah so, yeah so yeah. so yeah okay. all right all anything right. else we need to go. <laughs> Uh, the movie starts off, it's 24 days to Christmas. Some lick, licking creep is explaining to a group of miners digging that they're digging into the biggest burial mound in the world, and they have 24 days to blow it up and rob the grave. He has provided special safety instructions that include such things as no smoking, no arguing, and wash behind your ears. Although it doesn't, I paused and I looked at the little card. Nowhere on there does it say to wash behind one's ears, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And at the end of the movie, the guy says, God damn it, very loudly, and nothing happens. Well, <laughs> something happens, yeah. but not because he said, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Um, uh, while all of this is going on, we see two Finnish lads, Pietari and Giuso, spying on the dig site from behind a pile of dynamite. Oh, dynamite. Which is just fucking awesome. <laughs> They're, like, peering over mountains of dynamite. <laughs> Uh, they run back to a hole that they made in the fence, uh, that they weren't supposed to make. Uh, Pietari says he thinks that Santa is dead and buried in the mountain. Juso calls him a baby. Pietari reads an opening credits montage worth of books about a giant evil Santa Claus whipping, cooking, and eating children. And then it is one day until Christmas. We see Pietari's dad, Ralno, who is building a spike pit uh, uh, to catch wolves. And he is dangling a severed pig's head over it. With an apple in its mouth. With an apple in its <laughs> mouth that he cut to make fit using the big crazy knife that he was using to sharpen the spikes and then he cut the piece of apple off and ate it and i'm just like oh man you just know that guy's gut is full of splinters <laughs> he, 
He is the most rugged Finn in the world. <laughs> rugged Finn. <sighs> um, Ralno gives P- Pietari a shotgun of his very own in advance of the uh, impending reindeer roundup. Uh, they get there. There, it's very snowmobile. Everything snowmobile yeah. all the time. Pretty, pretty fucking cool. Um, they get to the spot where there's like a teepee, and the whole population is there around one campfire. Not and Sammy, P- though. Not Sammy. No, they have yeah. a teepee. <laughs> not Sammy, but they're not indigenous people. <laughs> Maybe Sammy. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I have no fucking clue what if they're Sammy or not. I yeah, I just wanted to be a dick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, this movie should have done a better job telling Americans what's going on. Who the fuck are the Sammy? Why is there a guy named Sammy walking around? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, uh P Parinen has crafted a big electrified pen to get the reindeer inside of, I guess, to protect them from wolves. Yeah. Um, but then the reindeer show up. I guess the reindeer, they're, I don't know how reindeer husbandry works, but apparently at a certain point of the year, the reindeer just show up to be called, which that's goddamn magical if you ask me. They just run over a hill and right into the pen. Yeah. <laughs> Slaughter me! <laughs> It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Only two scrawny runt deer show up. Where's the rest of the herd, everyone is wondering. Well, they follow the trail of reindeer back to a valley that leads up to the dig site from earlier, and they find that all of the reindeer have been slaughtered. They determined that the value of the reindeer lost was about $85,000 plus 22% VAT. And then the movie pauses... For laughter, I think VAT is a funny joke in Europe. Yeah, I forget what VAT is. What was VAT? Did you look it up? It It's a value-added tax. That's and right. I hear I hear people from Europe refer to it a lot. They talk about mm-hmm. it in their Kickstarters. There's a lot of concern around VAT. I don't understand it, but I get the idea that it is a tax that no one is fond of. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. So they decide that they're going to go confront the miners and demand compensation. Uh, when they arrive, the dig site is empty except for an enormous hole in the ground <laughs> that goes very far down. Yeah, a hole that took 24 days to dig that is like blasted in rock. There's no rock residue anywhere or debris. or anything, But that's okay. This movie kind of plays out a little bit like a fable. I mean, it's like yeah. like a fantasy, basically. Like, you're not supposed to question shit because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, don't question it. Yeah, don't question it. Just, you know, just throw giant red flares into the hole and then stand back at a distance where you can't really yeah. see where the flare goes other than down the hole. I don't... Like, we see it plummeting down into the depths, but they just see it, like, go over the edge, and that's the end. It's like, oh, wait, let me take this flare, and this will illuminate things. Okay. It's a big hole. Yeah. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) We know it's at least 
1,300 feet deep yeah. because that's what they were talking about on their, like, core drill. But uh, there's a whole thing that I skipped over where it's like, oh, we found a layer of, of sawdust. And, oh, inside the layer of sawdust, there's a layer of ice. And Lick Lipper is just uh, <clears throat> gross about everything. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's a little strange. I mean, I did, also didn't understand why the crew was like six dudes they're apparently the greatest excavators in the history of humanity. Um, uh, whatever. And they all speak English yeah. only. Okay, so that's great. Um, <laughs> make any sense. <laughs> so they these guys throw the thing in, the, the flare in the hole. It's a big hole. Great. They go home. The guy says, so much for that. And then uh, they head home. Uh, the dad uh, cooks, puts it like a pork roast, I guess, in the oven that looks kind of orange and weird not the oven the roast yeah uh it's got some cloves yes. stuffed in it i think and um Ugh. yeah and then pietari and um his buddy are upstairs in, in pietari's room uh having some real talk about yolopuki and uh how it turn, turns out that yolopuki is a bit of a dick when it comes to bad kids uh but and by the way Piet, pietari has the, the world's greatest collection of uh, Santa Claus tomes that I've ever seen. Like he has like fifty giant Santa Claus books that all look like they they were the original first printing or something. Like it was it was an impressive yeah. collection, I have to say. Yeah, I I think they live in the ruins of the Finnish Wizard College, and oh. he has their entire library of <laughs> Santa Arcana at his disposal. Well, that would make sense. That now yeah. I understand. <laughs> Um, Which it's great because he proceeded to ruin those books by ripping out the pages with the illustrations he wanted to show his friend. I would have thrown him in the punji stick pit for that. Um, <laughs> so so uh, Pietari tells his buddy Yuso, who has a mullet and is a complete douchebag. Uh, oh, the worst. That the the crew, that, that, that that's Santa down there, of course, you know, encased in ice or whatever. That the, this crew dug him up. Uh, after the Sammy had buried him a long time ago in a block of ice in this mountain or whatever. And it's not really that interesting. And then Pietari, uh, he he wants them to confess. Uh, what was that? Like he wants them to confess so that they can save their asses. He wants to them to confess their wrongdoing throughout the year so that Santa won't come consume them because they've been bad or some dumb shit. Yeah, he even gave Juso butt armor to wear. That's right. Um, Juso's like, and you look like you're wearing a diaper. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, he wants them to confess uh, cutting a hole in the fence. Ah, that's what it was, because they were naughty boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. Because you, I mean, because Pietari earlier had seen footprints in the snow uh, on the roof that, like, the eave that, like, leads up to his window. So he's scared. Uh, so he goes downstairs and turns on the Christmas lights. They've been off. Apparently this some bone of contention for him. I don't know why. And then him and his dad eat uh, what, I, as far as I can tell, is gingerbread cookies for dinner. Yeah. Uh, with two red candles on the table to celebrate the most depressing Christmas ever. Uh, dad asks Pietari why he's dressed up like a hockey dick. And then yeah. Pietari uh, makes some kind of bogus compliment about how his dad's gingerbread is, is just as good as mom's who is clearly either just fucked off or dead. Uh, yeah. She's not coming back that more. That part I know. 
So uh, she's not involved. No. So there's not a lot yeah. of women in this area, and when I say not a lot, I mean none. I yeah. Don't I think believe... there was some back at the at the like fire. Oh yeah. Okay. There were a couple women. They probably burned them on the fire and ate them. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> Finnish people eat women. I don't know if you guys knew that. That's true. You you don't even have to look it yeah. up. I promise you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm an idiot. There goes our Finnish fan. Uh, well, there he went. And we're done. Bye, Finn. Yala Puki. Uh, <laughs> Pietari asks his dad how he would handle it. Just, you know, just a curious question. How, hey, Dad, how would you handle it if I disappeared? And his dad says, you're going to disappear because you're going to bed. Dad joke. Dad's all teared up. He doesn't <laughs> want Pietari to see him crying. Uh, and, and then in a nice little touch, it was funny. He wipes his... <laughs> He wipes his tears away with his their mom's air the mom's apron like he's wearing this little yeah. apron with like pink flowers and stuff. It was kind of awesome. Uh, upstairs, Pietari is keeping watch out the window uh, on on a stack of suitcases that are tied together so they don't fall. Apparently, I guess I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah. He's nodding out, nodding off. He's not nodding out like he's on heroin or something. He's nodding off, <laughs> and uh, it's got a needle sticking out of his arm. Uh, back at the storage site, uh, something busts out, like the, they, the place where they've taken the Santa ball that you don't see. Uh, something busts out. You don't know what it is. Okay. Back at Pietari's house, it's now in the morning. Uh, Dad runs down, opens the oven, smoke pours out. He ruined the roast. Great. Mm. Uh, he goes to make a fire, and something suddenly, like, falls into the fire out of the flue. Scares the shit out of him. Uh. Pietari runs down with the shotgun. Uh, Dad has a poker, I think it was. I forget. And he checks the, you know, the fireplace and discovers a bear trap that Pietari put in there to protect them from Santa Claus. Or protect him from Santa Claus. (laughs) Pretty badass. Pretty cool move. Um, Yeah. He drags Pietari back to the the kitchen so that they can finish their gingerbread cookie breakfast. Uh, we hear a car drive up, so Dad goes out to meet whoever it is. Pietari watches as his dad and uh, Shades, the Pilipalpilipinen, uh, dressed as Santa Claus, uh, dragging something that looks very much like a person wrapped in plastic uh, into the what I call the meat room because his father uh, is a butcher. I mean, uh, what would you call him? A meat a pig uh, killer? I don't know uh, what the fuck. Butcher, baker, nightmare maker? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they drag this, whatever it is, in there. And they uncover it on the slab. It's what they think is a dead old man who's wearing a cop uniform, I think, or something, or a security uniform. I yeah. forget what it is. It's got an American passport in the pocket for a guy named Brian Green who's 52 years old. <laughs> the old man looks to be uh, probably, I'd say, a thousand. Um, yeah, they come up with what's going to be a great plan that we're going to see later. Uh, in the meantime, Pietari goes out to the wolf pit and starts snooping around after his dad has expressly told him not to and uh, starts looking around and among the pine leaves, I mean leaves, pine branches and shit, he finds this creepy kid looking shrunken apple type looking life sized doll thing, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. Looking. Um, great. Yeah, like like if a doll was made out of, like, coconut husk. <laughs> yeah, it's like a coconut homunculus. Um, 
Back in the meat band name. Ding dong. Back in the meat room, uh, Dad and Shades try to dismember. They're planning to dismember the dead guy, which I, I didn't. Were they gonna dismember him so they could just get rid of the evidence or something? Is that what that was? Yeah, I think they they were just going to disassemble the body for easier disposal. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting impulse. But um, then they suddenly realize that he's still alive. He's, he's kind of sniffing. He kind of like sniffs a little bit because, as it turns out, Pietari is is snooping through the window eating a gingerbread cookie, and this has got the old man's attention or old thing or whatever the fuck it. However, I want to describe it right now. Okay, I'm moving on. Dad tells <laughs> Dad tells Shades that uh, he should have a quote unquote chat with the codger, and then he takes off in his truck. And uh, as he's driving out, he sees the cops drive by. They stop. Piatari's now in the middle of the fucking road. And the cop picks him up. So he follows him over to a farm, which turns out to be where Yuso and his dad, whose name is Red Hat, lives. I don't remember what his name was. Uh, Kuko Linen. Oh, oh, uh, Imo. That's it. Imo Linen Banana. And uh, so they get there. The cop says that there's all kinds of strange shit that's been going on around town. Uh, Yuso's dad, Aimo, uh, he comes out, he's bitching that his, his potato hall has been trounced, basically, and that all his bags of potatoes have been dumped inside his potato room. I don't know. And all the bags are gone. His potatorium. Yeah, the, <laughs> the potatorium. <laughs> uh, the cop says that all the heating devices in the entire town are now missing. That's, that's really wild. Um... Probably doesn't have anything to do with the giant ice ball. P. Atari. <laughs> Bissell Command is off to see Yuso. He's going to go up to Yuso's room and go see how he's doing. Because Yuso's a douche and I don't know why he cares. But it's probably because it's his only friend. But anyways, the the cop yeah. in the meantime demands to see the inside of the P. Atari's dad's car. Because he suspects. I don't know what the fuck he suspects. He just wants to check his car. Uh, up in Yuso's yeah. room, he's... he's it, He's not in his bed, after all. Turns out it's one of those creepy doll things. And so Piatari's kind of starting to come to some realization. Uh, he obviously suspects that Santa is stealing all the kids and replacing them with ugly doll things. Uh, back outside, nice. uh, he goes to talk to the dad and his dad, and they, they think that, oh, they, you know how kids are these days. It's just, probably just snook out. There's nothing fishy going on because they're fucking idiots. And... Um, then the cop fucks off, and uh, Piatari's dad has a plan, and he asks, he turns to Red Hot at, at Red Hot. Hey, what's going on, Red Hot? Yeah. Asks him, uh, hey, Red Hot. Hey, Red Hot, do you speak English? I don't know. That's not how he talks. <laughs> we need you to interrogate a codger. <laughs> Correct. Back at the butcher bunker, uh, <laughs> Piiparin learns that Santa likes gingerbread cookies and earlobes the hard way. Yeah. Um, the... They all convene. The plan is now to hold the old man hostage. Uh, Piatari calls around and discovers that all of the children are not home. And then he goes to tell his dad his... uh, He wants his dad to whip him, which, man, this movie is really about... Uh, His dad's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he confesses to cutting the fence and that he tells them all the kids are gone. Then... 
they hear noises from inside. Apparently, Santa has gone all squirrely. We we all know it's Santa Claus at this point. He's an old man. He he's been he really good cinematography. He's like all crouched down mm-hmm. in a uh, backlit, and he's like staring at this Santa Claus hat and stuff. He's gone all squirrely. He bit through the broom handle that they've been poking him with. Um, and so they decide to tie him up and in another great shot, he's now tied up and, and wrapped and dangled from chains in the butcher bunker. And he's just staring at them like, (laughs) oh, he's even creepier up there. And then in the, in the security costume that he had been in, uh, a walkie-talkie blares to life, the lip-licking creep from earlier is inbound in a helicopter to pick up Santa Claus. So they dress him up in a really low-budget Santa Claus outfit, outfit and then put him in the truck cage that they have a cage that's just about the right size for a tall man to stand up in without being able to sit down i guess i think it's pietari's shark tank <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He he likes to get in there in the middle of the woods and come up with sales pitches for millionaires. <laughs> they like to cut holes in the ice, see if he can lure ice sharks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they have that and why they. It's it's fine. So yeah, sure. so. so so Santa is in a cage in the back of their pickup truck. Uh, the creep lands in a helicopter. Oh, they drive him to an airfield. We're at an airfield now. Sure. Also, there's a whole thing with, like, an advent calendar where, like, the kid's been like, hey, flap up the thing, day 23. But then now, because of a thing in the book, he, like, stapled the... 24 flaps shut and oh would you look at that the big door of the air hangar at the airfield is 24 oh ominous but it's fine it's yeah. fine um sure. the creep inspects santa claus they demand eighty-five thousand dollars. that's the price of all of the deer that they lost and then the creep looks at santa real real close and then whenever he sees that the santa has like cataracts uh he's like that's not santa it's not it's one of his little helpers everyone smile and be nice and then all of a sudden naked old men start appearing all around the airfield they kill the creep by shoving i guess throwing a pickaxe into his skull uh at this point our fins retreat to hangar 24 and uh they're like trying to like lock the hangar door meanwhile the kid is looking up into the air in the middle of the hangar there's a pile of bagged children like that one scene in the hobbit and uh and uh they're all in front of a colossal block of ice with two gargantuan Krampus horns sticking out of it. The ice is melting, the elves are breaking in, and just then Pietari hatches a scheme and gives a speech. Um, He's holding his shotgun. He has to shoot his shotgun to get all of their attention because they're piling up all of the space heaters that were being used to melt Santa. 
uh, and and uh, they're blockading the doors. Everyone's doing business, so he has to shoot the shotgun to get their attention. And he goes on this little speech that goes a little something like, As long as the kids are here, the elves won't leave the hangar. It's me or Santa. And then he pulls a tarp down that was behind him to reveal that he's standing in front of the pile of dynamite from earlier that has been relocated to this hangar. And he, then as soon as like all of the explosives are revealed, he goes, I suggest Santa. <laughs> well, remember, he dropped his Kaluki Bandino Cacalarosa to... Teddy bear or whatever the fuck it's called. It's the weirdest looking teddy bear that he drags oh, yeah. around on a leash. He drops that before he goes into Hangar 24 because he's becoming a man. I did not get that symbolism. Yeah, it's named Vuppy and it's oh, like yeah. he can't Woof. have a dog. So he has this little fake puppy doll. That's right. Vuppy, which means wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I Great. saw that in the trivia, of the two lines of trivia that they had on the IMDb. Thanks. Yorg. Um, <laughs> Yorgt. That's Finnish. Um, <laughs> so he's now a man. And uh, yeah. I, I did like, by the way, the, the part where uh, Red Hat discovers his wife's hair dryer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he shoves it all the way into his pants. After, But he smells it first and he's like, this is my wife's hair dryer. It's like, dude, how did that? You knew? That's really gross. Uh, but, you know, I mean, when you eat somebody, you become quite intimate. So that's, um, that's true. Oh, this is what her hair smells like when it's burning. So as per this brilliant plan, well, it is, I guess it is brilliant because it works, but Shades, yeah. Shades goes outside to lure the elves away with gingerbread cookies. Yeah, I know. He's just like ninja throwing star gingerbread cookies around. <laughs> and all the elves are like, oh, gingerbread? It, it <laughs> totally works. So he's luring them away. And then he, he hops in the helicopter and takes off and flies up over the Santa hangar. Hangar 24, by the way, which is just six hangars down from hangar 18, where um, had they decided to go into hangar 18, this movie would have gone in. Oh yeah, Hangar Eighteen is the hangar that's mentioned in the the uh, Megadeth song about aliens and stuff. It's, Ooh, I'm a, I'm really stupid. Okay, no, so that's he, cool. We're just a few hangar doors down from a completely different movie. Totally different movie that probably would have been really bad. Uh, yeah, but Dave Mustaine would be in it, so we'd have a lot of yeah. scenes with him going, "Hello, me." Um, <laughs> I'm not angry about Metallica. <laughs> so they fly. Uh, well, uh, Shades flies uh, over the hangar, which has a big like opening in the top of it. That's convenient. And uh, <laughs> it, they they load up this giant hanging net thing with all the bagged kids, except Yuso, I guess, because his dad was there. Yeah. And then uh, Piatari hangs on the the net, and they they're up and out. Because now yeah. Pietari is a super badass. Um, it's very diehard. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting the movie to take this turn, but I'm on board for it. I'm on board, and I, this is where I kind of thought, you know, this would be good for kids. Because the kid feels, you know, he's kind of overlooked. He's sad that his mom's gone. They don't really go too deep into that at all. But it's cool to see the kid kind of realize that, you know, fuck, these guys are idiots. I'm taking charge. Kids like that yeah. kind of stuff. So anyways, the dad and uh, 
Red Hat are drilling holes in this giant block of ice, which is starting to crack, uh, and stuffing them with dynamite. So there's like, I don't know, 150 sticks of dynamite in the thing, and then the remaining billion sticks of dynamite wrapped around the base of the ice block. Um, it's it's pretty funny. They load it up, and then they stand there, and they look they look at the ice ball, and they go, like Dad says, looks like we've been naughty. <laughs> Then you see them uh, head up to the top of the thing with a chainsaw, the ice ball, and then they they exit the hangar with one of Santa's horns, <laughs> which they've cut off, and they go to load it in the truck. Uh, back at the helicopter end of the thing, they lure a really bad CGI shot of a bunch of old men running across snow uh, over to the reindeer pen. I mean, like, the CGI looked really bad. That um, took me yeah. out of it a little bit. But, you know, I didn't mind. I, I kind of liked it because they were supposed to look like a herd of deer. Like it didn't yeah. look real, but I was like, oh, that's kind of cute, I guess. Yeah, it worked. It, it, I felt like I was watching Polar Express for a second. It just Ugh, had that, that weird look to it. So anyways, they get to the pen. The, the pen door is locked. So Pietari has this brilliant idea that he's going to sacrifice himself and yeah. jumps off. I forget what movie... It is, but where he's like flying backwards in a Jesus Christ pose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Down into the snow. And then he goes over and wrenches the gate open. And uh, the elf horde approacheth. And then <laughs> Pietari closes his eyes, gets ready to be put in a giant bag, I guess. Because they don't do anything to the kids. They just <laughs> stuff them in bags. But, uh, right? He's being so dramatic. He's like, and this is where I die. <laughs> this is where I end up in a large bag. And then <laughs> tell my dad I was small at the end. <laughs> but instead of being bagged, his father suddenly drives over the hill or whatever. He's triumphantly coming to the site with both of the giant Santa horns loaded up, sticking out of the front of the truck. It looks pretty awesome. Um, they, they back at the Santa hut or whatever they blow the ice ball to shards just yeah completely dematerialize the hangar and the contents within and uh this causes all the sh- the elves to suddenly stop and drop their things that they're using for weapons uh so that was you know moment saved or whatever uh shades takes off he's gonna take the kids home to bed the gang meets up with pietari who spent the entire night keeping guard uh-huh. in what has to be sub-zero that the kid should have been frozen to death but whatever um yeah by pietari's count they have 198 santas in the pen uh which he's decided that these are santa's helpers but now they're going to be santas which he figures you know they can get how much money and yuso says $16,800,000, okay, yeah. if they sell them, which I, I was like, what? And uh, yeah. then... Well, because each if each one is worth $85,000, well, yeah. you have to do the math. And you can only do the math by whispering in your son's ear. <laughs> but what I didn't understand is, where does all this come from? This whole idea that they can suddenly start an international Santa ring... Uh, you know, yeah. like a covert bootleg Santa ring or whatever. Santa trafficking. Okay, I got it now. Santa yeah. husbandry. So, yeah. Pietari and his dad have a big hug, and then this awful music swells, and it's very not emotionally compelling. And then we cut to a digital, not a digital, but a manual, like old school 
mechanical alarm clock style letter that flips down, number flips down, and it's 312 days to Christmas. And we see all the dudes washing down the elves, hosing them down in a shower. I don't know why they waited, like, you know, 40 days or whatever, but... (laughs) Then it's 76 days to Christmas, and the elves are all dressed in white long johns and sitting in chairs in another bunker-looking thing. And they're being trained to hug and be nice to these white stuffed animal children. And they're given gifts so that they can learn to give the gifts to the children. And then it's very strange. One gets a Santa hat and he smiles. Great. 24 days to Christmas, the Santas are being packed up into crates, fully dressed as Santa now. Um, They've been trained completely to be nice little Santa people. And the crates are labeled with international destinations and stamped or burned or whatever with rare exports. <laughs> uh, and then Shades opens the bunker door and has somehow accommodated a gigantic military cargo plane. I know. Just the... What? <laughs> and then I... I don't know what is he going to do fly around the world santa style and airdrop a crate into each country i guess that's the plan like he's got to get to zanzibar yeah isn't that what the one says zanzibar or senegal or something it's like tanzania they don't give a fuck about santa claus but okay whatever (laughs) what it's fine and movie over yeah yeah Yeah. movie over yay (laughs) yoli Koopy or whatever I forget what he was called. All right, so so let's give our ratings and then and then break them down. Yeah, uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, go ahead. All right, so I gave this a three point two out of five loathsome things. That said, this movie is better than a three point two out of five stars. If it was stars, this would be like a four star movie. Yeah. But we're talking loathsome things here. Oh, yeah. So the reason for that is. It, it gets full marks for artistry and original contributions to the genre. It 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 had, uh, it, it had a unique take. It subverted expectations, and it had an impact on the horror movies that came after it. That's outsized to the influence that the movies that came before it had on it. So so I gave it full marks on that. Um, and high marks on actual filmmaking. The mm-hmm. acting was great. The the cinematography was great. The 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 shots were good. The effects were mostly good. Um, sometimes weird and like like that that kid hanging on the side of the giant child scrotum hanging from the helicopter. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> and uh, like just just great stuff all around. Then where it dipped is. As a horror movie, yeah. because I don't think it was trying to be a horror movie. I think that it was trying to use the tropes of horror movies to subvert Christmas movie mm-hmm. expectations. And then it also subverted horror movie expectations. So that's that's what brought it down for me is because it, it really, other than like portions of it, it wasn't a horror movie. There was never a risk to the main characters, mm-hmm. um, they, they at no point were they suffering from a lack of agency or or things that were beyond their means. And 
I gotta say, uh, th- this is unfair, and I get why they did it, and they they had good artistry for doing it, but personally, I was very disappointed that we didn't get to see the giant Santa Claus come out of the ice. Like, yeah. even right up until the closing credits, like, I was like, alright, yeah, but he's gonna, he's gonna show up, right? They didn't blow him up, they, they just cracked the ice, and it stunned him, right? He's gonna, no, he's not showing up? Oh, this is just a human trafficking ending? The horror is that the, the poor native reindeer hunters are now human traffickers? Yeah. So so that it kind of landed flat for me, but I think part of that is also that that access to the sense of humor and the cultural commentary that I don't have access to. That's part of why I think maybe they aren't the Sammy people. I think right. maybe part of it is they're talking about the people that are honing in on a like not sacred but almost sacred trade. Yeah. Um but I don't know. I don't know. But but that said, um, within the the con- so yeah, within the confines of loathsome things, that's a three point two out of five. It's a great movie. It's it's really enjoyable. Uh, you'll have a great time, and um, it deserves a better score than I gave it. But you know, fuck you, <laughs> P Lander. What about you, John? I gave it a, a 3.9, which wasn't nice. a little bit higher, but not not too much. Um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said, really. Um, I would add, yeah, I, we're, I was joking around about the whole Sammy thing. I mean, I, there's no reason to, to think that they are Sammy, really. There's no indication that they have some sort of indigenous culture or anything. They're just, you know, hunters you know, living off the land kind of thing. That's all. It doesn't, there's no reason to think that there's Sammy. But anyways, yeah, the, the no Santa thing was a weird, uh, weird move. I mean, the whole movie is about a bunch of douchebags who, you know, abduct Santa Claus. Uh, for what purpose, I was never quite sure. They wanted to sell him, but I don't really know why. Yeah. But whatever. And uh, he's encased in this giant ball of ice. We see that he would clearly look pretty fucking formidable. Um, Hell yeah. They weren't afraid to use CGI, but I guess maybe, may, I don't know, maybe they tried it and it looked terrible and they just were like, we can't do this. But they could have done it somehow. They could have had a dude in a costume and shot it in a way that it looked bigger than it really was or whatever. I mean, no Santa at all was a real kind of like the erectile dysfunction of Santa horror movies. I mean, <laughs> it, it was it was a weird decision. Um and it was a letdown, for sure. I mean, other than that, as far as... Like, I didn't like the cheesy music at the end. Like, the 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 attempts to make it look like a big-budget film, and perhaps, you know, it was a big-budget film. I mean, it looked really nice. Um, it, it looked... It really kind of pulled off of that kind of almost Spielberg-y kind of thing at the beginning, mm-hmm. sort of, in its own way. But then, at the end, it kind of fell flat a little bit. But at the same time, it was still a really, really kind of a cool idea. I just think that it wasn't fully executed, you know, as well as it could have been. Having said that, I really enjoyed it. Um, It's not really a horror movie. It's got some horror movie elements, I guess. Uh, There's another movie that I had been thinking about when I picked this one. And... (laughs) And it's another uh, Scandinavian film. I think it's Norwegian. I don't remember, but it's called Saint Nick. 
and it's about ah. it's about uh, Saint Nicholas who comes to this city, and he's like this undead ghoul, basically dressed like Saint Nicholas who kills people, and I forget why. So it's like this weird, nice supernatural Scandinavian slasher movie that is just fucking crazy. And I I think I I was I wanted to like look for that one, but I kind of forgot about it and I couldn't remember what it was called. And then right before we went on, it, it I, I watched this on Tubi and right before it, we we came on, like I was watching the movie again and the credits came up and like that little thing comes up on your computer that, that tries to force you to watch whatever they pick next. Uh, Saint Nick. Yeah. And I was uh, like, that's the fucking movie I was thinking of. So... <laughs> <laughs> but I like this movie a lot. I mean, I this you know I it's not like I picked this thinking it was something else. I really like this movie. I mean, it's uh, like you said. I mean, as far as movies go, yeah, I, I would probably give it a higher rating than as a loathsome things movie because it's it's not really a horror movie. But all the horror movies I was looking at, I just wasn't feeling any of them. I was like, man, I don't want to see some stupid low budget slasher that isn't going to be any good after I just picked the fucking boogans. <laughs> I was like, I want to pick something that I know I like. So I just picked this. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a great pick. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Like I, it was, it was a lot. I don't know. It's weird because the first, like I was fully invested the first time I watched it through all the way up until I realized that there was no, santa claus payoff and and so then that tainted my next watch through because i'm <laughs> but by a third watch through i was like oh okay no like i'm able to just enjoy this for what it is now and and yeah it's it's a perfectly enjoyable movie it's a lot of fun i've gotta say i'm not a huge fan of the christmas subgenre of horror movies but as far as those go this one's you know, up there. Like, most of them are really terrible, and I don't care. But, you know, this was nice. I enjoyed it. Yeah, because most of them are just shitty movies with Christmas stamped on them. It doesn't... It's like, yeah, it's a Christmas movie because you put Christmas in your movie, but it doesn't doesn't make any difference that it's it's just another shitty movie, but set in Christmas time. You know, whereas yep. this is a cool movie. It's got an original idea. It's supernatural. It's It's got, you know, some kind of semi horrory elements to it enough to get away with me picking it um yeah and i liked it so it was it was fun it was a good movie i uh, i i will say um it had some of the best on-screen horror book illustrations yeah. since in the earth yeah it did yeah the, those books were really yeah i was like i want those books <laughs> i need these books man <laughs> and then it, and and that was yeah talking about like you know, a culture that we don't really know either of us know anything about is, you know, I guess I do know a little bit that kind of the origin of Santa comes from that area. And there's, you know, there are these traditional stories that, you know, or these traditional mythologies that Santa Claus was not, you know, some nice dude. Like if you were a bad kid, you were in deep shit. You know, he didn't send, yeah. he didn't send the Krampus to do his dirty work. He did it himself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. I love that kids grow up in just abject terror because their mythological creature could, you know, just really fuck them up if they're bad. Yeah. Remember, kids, every Christmas, if you haven't been good, you're going to get your shit kicked in. <laughs> I, used to, I used to date this girl who was, uh, 
half, I think her mother was of Mexican descent. So anyways, her kids were, had, had been raised a little bit with like, you know, some Mexican culture and stuff. And one of the things that they were well-versed in was this character called El Cucuy. And El Cucuy Ooh. is kind of like, kind of like uh, Krampus, except not Christmas based, but it's this supernatural creature where if the kids are bad, say if I remember correctly, it's been a while, but the, the El Cucuy will come take the children away and like throw them in a big bag and bring it to its cave and hang them by their ankles and then like oh, eat them or some horrible shit. So she used to tell her kids, if you're bad, the, the El Cucuy will come take you away and they would lose their fucking minds. <laughs> Jesus. She'd be like, well, you guys haven't cleaned your room yet. And they're like, ha ha, fuck you, mom, you're a whore. Ha. You know, like they were just, and she's like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to see Kukui wants to come over. And they're like, ha and start crying and like hysterically Jesus. cleaning up their room. And then later she'd be like, do you think that was, do you think this is kind of bad that I'm doing this? And I'm like, it's real fucking bad. They're terrified. <laughs> Those poor kids. I that was it was pretty rough. The one kid would call the one kid called it El Cucuy because she was so little. She'd be oh, like, no, nice. no, El <laughs> And when like oh, no. I'm like feeling bad and laughing at this like trying not to laugh, but also feeling really bad at the same time. I was just like That's so sad. So sad. I was like, you can't you can't they believe this shit. Like they there's none of that like where kids are like I don't really Maybe Santa's. I don't know if Santa's. I just can't decide. Like these kids were all on board. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> oh, terrifying. Yeah. Wow. So in Finland, if you were raised to think that yeah, if you're not good, Santa might come, you know, fuck you up. This movie would probably be pretty cool for Finnish kids. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Get your get your rare exports branded butt armor ready. Get your butt armor diaper on because Yola Puki is coming for your ass. Uh, so that's a 7.1 out of 10 loathsome things that's a solid recommend watch it this christmas it's it's sunday today it's christmas eve merry christmas put those presents down you've been bad the only way to be good in santa's book is to as soon as this podcast is over go watch rare exports again because you would have watched it once to prepare yourself for this episode yeah and and then go watch the short film it was based on and the weird in between short film that they made about the rules of santa claus oh bad Wow, hearing you talk about... I, you know, I think I've actually seen that now that you mentioned it. Because I at first yeah. when you said that, I was like, wait, there was another little bit? I think I saw that one and I may not have seen the original, which I'm going to go see right now. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's, anyways, it's yeah. Good. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of... Uh, movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of a sort. <laughs> Jesus God. I, you know, you'd think after 71 movies I'd have this down, but I'm still just as awkward as I was when we were <laughs> talking about the murder sled. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. The, the point of this wasn't to get better at it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Woo! Oh, that one got me. Oh, my God. Um... Well, I, no, I guess we should talk about, before we hear your selection, like uh, any cool oh, horror horror media type stuff you've been ingesting? 
I watched a, another Christmas horror movie. It's a Shudder original called The Sacrifice Game. Ooh. It's fucking badass. Is it? I, I, I wondered yeah. about that one. It looked interesting. I thought about maybe doing it for this one, but I just didn't I didn't get around to watching it in time. I still haven't watched it now, so Yeah, do watch that. What about yourself, John? Horror media consumed? I, I haven't I haven't really had time to watch a lot of movies. Um so I haven't seen any horror movies, but I have, you know, as usual, I've listened to a bunch of audiobooks of audiobooks at work. So um the latest one that I finished was uh, ah. uh there was a couple. There was one called The Burning Girls. Uh, which is kind of like a, a it's a, kind of a folk horror story by an author named C.J. Tudor, who usually writes uh, more kind of thrillery kind of stuff. I guess this was their first foray into actual horror. Uh, that was cool. I enjoyed that. It was pretty fun. Um, I'm trying to remember more about that. But anyways, then I, and I just finished one called Crone, which was about a, a witch that, uh, well, a, a coven of witches, but one witch in particular that, has been tormenting this British t- uh, town, like up in uh, Sussex. I forget where it is, what part of England, but out in the country somewhere. And it's been tormenting this town for generations. And she comes back every once in a while and basically consumes a bunch of people's souls by inhaling it out of their mouths. Um, and she's come back once again. And then it turns out there's this group of like good witches, basically, that have been working together for generations to try to keep the evil at bay. It, it's a cool story. I enjoyed that. Um, and then I also listened to uh, a novella, which is kind of done as a group of short stories. Oh, by the way, the author is Jeannie Witcherly or Wickerly or something for Crone. Ah, and then nice. I, I was Appropriate. Listening, yeah. Then I was listening to, I also finished this uh, novella by uh, a author whose name is uh, Eric Rocca. And uh, it's called They Were Here Before Us. It's a novella, but it's a collection of short stories that are all kind of tied together. And it's just, if you have to be familiar with his work to kind of appreciate it. It's like, he's a gay writer. That's always That always kind of figures into his, his work. Um, and he writes kind of like literary, but also somewhat extreme, very quirky horror. Uh, it's the kind of stuff that usually would exist on the fringe, but he's been kind of a cult hit and he's just been banging them out lately. And each, each successive book is like a bigger release for this guy. So it's, you know, it's kind of interesting to see where, I mean, he's, he's headed for like mainstream success. He's just, he's just like right on the cusp of that. So anyways, that was the latest one. Yeah. So that, that's it as far as horror media. Um, yeah, I got, I'm planning on watching. So I'm taking a couple weeks off over the holidays. Finally, uh, and I do, nice. I do, well, I'm going to also complete a rewrite of my novel, which I've decided has some real problems, but, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but I'm also going to watch a bunch of horror movies. So I'm pretty excited about that. And speaking of horror movies, the, the next pick tis thine. Tis mine and tis be our first episode of the year 20 and 24. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know much about the year 2024, which has not happened yet, but one thing that we do know about it, and historians will know about it, is that it is an election year. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be bad. So I wanted our first episode to capture the idea 
of an old threat reemerging, of the <laughs> specter of death hanging over the unwary and unvigilant heads of people that have no idea what they're in for, and of not having learned our lessons the first time around, and ultimately of the individual not actually being able to do anything to protect themselves from the doom that forces beyond their understanding have in store for them. 2024 is going to be a truly terrifying and deeply troubling year, so I want to ring it in with the movie that truly terrified me by playing into my deep troubles. So, it's a movie that made me more afraid of the world around me by heightening my already chronic anxiety problem before I even knew I had one. It's Final Destination 2. Ah, nice. <laughs> Yes. And uh, and just in case you were worried, yes, in fact, we are all fucked. So we might as well wallow in it and crack jokes to cope with the ceaseless, crushing inevitability of our collective demise. It's all bad. We don't need... You know what? That's not why you tuned into no, our show. No, there's a lot of good horror <laughs> movies out there. And uh, yeah, there's other things you can do. If, if you uh, are sick of horror movies, there's tons of music that's out there. Lots of cool new music. There's... There's things to do to keep you busy, and you can educate yourself so that maybe one day your children won't grow up to be total cocksuckers. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm sorry that you all have to vote.